Good morning, good morning. You are here with me, Jermaine Jackson, for another episode of Testimonial Tuesday by way of the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson. I am your gracious host on today, and this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've had an interesting morning. Amen. It's it's crazy when you wake up in the beginning of the day and the things that will try to come, the things that will try to happen to to just disrupt your day. But the Bible says in Psalms 34 that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. So I'm going to bless the Lord in spite of, in the midst of, and I'm going to give him the praise, the honor, and the glory. Amen. So as you're waking up this morning, praying and hoping that you are waking up with strength, your health, um, of a sound mind, and that you're looking forward to starting your day, just looking forward to having a good morning. Make that declaration with me. Good morning is not just a greeting, but it is also a declaration that it's going to be a good morning, that you are declaring in the atmosphere that despite what comes your way, no matter what circumstances have happened, that it's going to be a good day. So hopefully you will join with me in that declaration that it's going to be a good day. We are going to prepare to get into our lesson on this morning. We are still talking about forget forgiveness, letting go of the offenses, letting go of the things that have come to offend us. Um, we're going to acknowledge the spirit of God. We're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to get into this lesson on today. Gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, for this morning, for this opportunity, Lord, to share your word. Father, I acknowledge you in all of my ways, and I'm asking you to direct my paths. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for all that you have done and for what you continue to do for us, God. You are great and mighty, and there is no one else like you. So I give you all of the praise, all of the honor, and all of the glory. Father, I'm just asking that you would go before us on this day, that you would watch over us and keep us, oh God. As I come before you, Lord, in your presence, I ask for forgiveness. Forgive me for my shortcomings, my faults, oh God, my wrongdoings, God, anything that I've said that has proceeded out of my mouth, God, that did not honor you, that did not come into alignment with your will, I ask for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Lord, take everything out of me that is not like you, Lord. I give you all of the praise, all of the honor, and all of the glory, creating me a clean heart and renewing in me the right spirit, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your shed blood on the cross. Thank you, God, for all that you've done, Lord. Father, be the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. Thank you, Lord, for being our shepherd that we shall not want. Thank you for everything that we have needed, your hand has provided. Thank you for being a God that is consistent. Thank you for being the God that is loving, that is all powerful, and that there is no one else like you. I give you all of the praise, all of the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Once again, you are here with me, Jermaine Jackson, on the New Beginnings Podcast. I want to thank those that are coming in. Um, uh, continue to follow, like, subscribe to the New Beginning Podcast, not only here on Facebook, the YouTube page, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. But let's get into our lesson. Let go of the offense or let go of the offenses. In last week's lesson, we were in the book of Luke, the 17th chapter, with a very familiar scripture, the one where Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and he was talking to them about offenses, letting them know that offenses are inevitable. Can I tell you that no, no, no matter what goes on in life, no matter what you do, somebody's going to do you wrong, somebody's going to say something, somebody's going to offend you. Uh, people may do you wrong. Your job may do you wrong. It may be your family. It may be your best friend. Jesus was letting the disciples know it's inevitable. 
things are going to happen that are going to offend you. Amen. Before we get too far in our lesson, I want to give an honor to God who had in my life. Thank him for being saved, sanctified, and filled with his precious Holy Ghost. And I want to give honor to my pastors, Pastor Latanya and Pastor Xavier Menzies of the Christian Family Worship Center. Y'all know where we're located, 6532 Arizona Avenue. Come on out and join us for service on Sunday morning, starting with Sunday school at 930, morning worship at 1015. We'd love to see you in the building. Back to our lesson. Amen. Jesus said offenses, they're going to happen. But he said, war unto them that caused the offense. Talked about the millstone being around the next, but if they be cast into the sea, then it caused the offense. But then Jesus said this to the believer. He's speaking to his disciples. This is how we should conduct ourselves as a believer. He said, if your brother offends you and he comes against you, he said, if he sins against you seven times a day, but returns to you seven times and repent, you must forgive him. When Jesus told the disciples this, and most of us, even in today's world, we look like, what you mean, Jesus? Somebody has done something to me repeatedly, but because they say, come back and say they're sorry, they repent, they apologize. I'm supposed to forgive them every time Jesus said yes. And the disciples replied, Lord, increase our faith, our ability to confidently trust in God and in his power. Can I tell you that last week's lesson, we talked about the faith to forgive, letting go of the offenses. The disciple says, Lord, increase our faith. And I spoke about that is some of our prayer today. Lord, increase our faith. Lord, help me to be obedient to your word. And Jesus said, if you have the confident abiding faith in God, it is small as a mustard seed. You could say to that, he gave the example of the mulberry tree with very strong roots, be put up at the roots and be planted a seed. And if the request was in agreement with the will of God, it would have obeyed you. So when we talk about forgiveness and faith, that it's the will of God for us to forgive, for us to let go of the offenses, to, to, to get rid of it. We don't want to walk around with having anything pent up, pent up aggression, uh, offenses toward others. God said, Jesus said to let it go for us to forgive. Now let's go to the book of Colossians. We're going to be in the third chapter. Amen. And we're going to be in verses... 12 and i believe it's 13 and i'm reading uh from the amplified it says this in verse 12 so as god's own chosen people who are holy set apart sanctified for his purpose and well beloved by god himself put on a heart of compassion i want you to hear this this put on a heart of compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience and listen to this part which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness that comes with good temper. Bear, verse 13, bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. Now, as we look in this third chapter of Colossians, as Paul was writing a letter unto them, the beginning of this chapter begins to talk about putting on the, the new self. It begins to talk about your new life in Christ, where it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ to a new life, sharing his resurrection from the dead, it says, keep seeking those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If you heard in the King James, where it says, seek, set your affections on things above, not on things on this earth. And you've heard many people speak about it. They say, you got to be heavenly minded. That when you have this new life in Christ, it's supposed to transition the thought process of your mind. And as you go through those first beginning verses, it begins to tell us 
the things <clears throat> to put to death. It says to put to death the power, the evil longings of your earthly body, the members of mortify the deeds, the, the members of your body. It, it goes through a list of all of these different things. It said, and it said in verse three, for ye died to this world and your new real life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears and you also appear with him in glory. So the Bible is saying that because of this life that you have in Jesus Christ, we are no longer supposed to submit or acquaint ourselves with the sinfulness that is in our flesh. Don't you know that our flesh wants to sin, that our spirit and our flesh are in a constant war with each other? Amen. But with this new life in Christ and through the power of the Holy Ghost, we're supposed to mortify the deeds, the members of our body. And so then begins to tell us to get rid of these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, all these different things that we're supposed to get rid of. But then as we go into verse 12, it begins to talk about the virtue. The virtue of, if you read, uh, depending on which translation you read in, they have the different captions over different sections of the Bible. In the King James, it begins to talk about Christian virtues. So as we're talking about forgiveness and letting go of the offenses, what is the mind of God? When we read last week, when we talked about have faith in God, it, it's in the, if you... what we're supposed to do but let's talk about virtue what is virtue virtue sometimes can be described as attributes that denote a good moral character but let's look at it from a biblical perspective when we're talking about virtue virtue is consistently displaying a high level of excellence in your life virtue is also to adopt and practice those principles that keep us going in godly grace let's go to the last thing knowing what is right and doing what is right. When you talk about forgiveness and, and we look at this verse here in Colossians 3 and 12, it said it's God's own chosen people. We are holy and set apart. Talking to the believers, we are holy and set apart. God chose us for this. God's own chosen people are holy and set apart, sanctified for his purpose. We've been sanctified for a purpose it's God's will. We've been sanctified for a purpose. He said, and well-beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion. Can I tell you that we talk about, and we look at that word virtue, we're talking about Christian virtues. It talks about knowing what, not just knowing what is right, but doing what is right. Sometimes we can know what's the right thing to do, but we don't always do the right thing. But the Bible says we are growing in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we're growing in grace on a daily basis. When you get saved, you may not have the heart of compassion right away. You may not have kindness and humility. But the more that you study in God's word, the more that you pray, the more that you receive instruction. We have to be taught these virtues, these values in God. Because if my life was based in sin, if my life was based in the flesh, don't you know sometimes you can be taught certain things, taught how to live an unrighteous life. And now that I'm saved that I have to be taught, I have to be nurtured in the word of God. That's why it's important for us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. When we come to church, we come for worship. We come for instruction. We come for someone to teach us and guide us through the word of God on how to implement these values into Christian living. So as being God's chosen, holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, 
We're supposed to have a heart of compassion. We're supposed to exemplify. Remember, virtues is consistently displaying a high level of excellence in your life. So in our lives, we are supposed to constantly and consistently display compassion toward others, to be kind toward others, to remain humble and gentle. We shouldn't be puffed up. So when it comes to forgiveness, yes, we're going to get to that and have patience. Listen to what it says here about patience. That's, that's why I like reading this in the Amplifier. It says, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. Jesus said in Luke 17 that offenses is inevitable. They're going to come. But now when we look here in Colossians, if you look at the life of the believer, the life of the Christian, it says that with humility and patience, let patience have its perfect work, which has the power to endure whatever injustice. The Bible is letting us know, yes, you will endure instances in your life where you're going to be talked about, you're going to be mistreated, you're going to be done wrong, it is going to be injustice, things are going to come against you that you never even deserve. And many of you may say, well, Jermaine, it's going to be hard for me to endure that, but let's put on the mind of Christ. As Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise. Let's go to Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. And I believe let's start around verse, it may be, uh, let's start around verse 3. Can we talk about Jesus for a moment and how he was able to forgive? Here in Isaiah 53 and 3, it says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and pain and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or esteem him. Let's see how Jesus was done. And in fact, he has borne our griefs and he has carried our sorrows and pains, yet we ignorantly assume that he was stricken, struck down by God and degraded and humiliated by him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. Jesus died for the sins of the world. He died for our wickedness. You want to talk about the ultimate act of forgiveness? Let's look at Jesus. You want to talk about letting go of the offenses? Look at all that Jesus, he had to bear the weight of the sins of the world. He took it to the cross. He didn't deserve it. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, you don't think that we're going to suffer some of the same injustice that Christ did? Unwarranted, meaning we didn't do anything to receive what we're getting. But let's keep talking about Christ. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. By his stripes will we are healed. And all of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to our own way. But the Lord has called the wickedness of all of our sin, our injustice, our wrong duty, our wrongdoing to fall on him instead of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, but he did not open his mouth or complain to defend himself. Like a lamb, he was led to the slaughter. Come on. And like a sheep that is silent before his shears, so did he not open his mouth. You talk about somebody that had the perfect act of forgiveness for us. So now let's go back to Colossians, the third chapter. And then let's look at verse 13. Bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other. Willingly. If one has a cause for complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, 
so should you forgive. I want to speak to every believer on this morning. Can I tell you that Christ forgave us, that God forgave us? Everything that Jesus suffered for us, he took the weight of our sin. And when he was on the cross, one of his last words was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How many of us can forgive others how Christ forgave us? That before some of us were even born, many of us, as, as you hear me speak, we were born after Christ, but he died for our sins before we were even before we even came to this earth. We were born into sin. We were shaping into iniquity. Come on. But Christ died for my sins, your sins. So if we call ourselves believers, if we say we are children of God, if we say that Christ is the Lord over our lives, then why are we carrying around offenses? Why are we not forgiving others as Christ has forgave us? The Bible here tells us to put on. It says that we are supposed to have hearts of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These things have the power to endure whatever injustice. Do we really believe that according to the word of God? That no matter what's been done to me, no matter what's been said to me, that I'll still be able to forgive the one that did it. No matter what your boss says to you on your job, are you going to hold it against your boss and stay angry? Tell them how stupid they is? That you hope they get fired because you mad because they made you do a report or stay over? Are you really going to continue to hold that grudge against your family member because you let them borrow $20 and they ain't paid you back in three years? Are you going to continue to hold the offense against them? Are you going to continue to hold that thing in your heart because that friend of yours lied on you, scandalized your name, and got people think th thinking things about you that's not even true? Let go of the offenses as we prepare to close out this lesson. As a child of God, Jesus Christ is the Lord of our life. None of us have suffered or endured what Jesus did. But in the midst of all that he went through, even today, people still reject Jesus. They still don't believe that he's the son of God, but he died for them. And if they can come to the knowledge of who Christ is, forgiveness is available. Forgiveness doesn't run out. God isn't saying that my son already paid the price. So those of you that reject him now, God would wish that all men would be saved. His will is for all to be saved, for all to come to Christ. Forgiveness is available. Jesus is not going back on the cross, but forgiveness is available to each and every one of us. And so how we have to let go of the offenses. When we talk about Christian virtues, it's knowing what is right. It's not just knowing what is right, but doing what is right. How many of you on the sound of my voice know that it's right to forgive and you're going to do it? Sometimes it's easy for us to do what is right when everybody's watching. But how many people can do what is right because it's just the right thing to do? You ain't doing it because nobody's watching. You're not doing it for no accolades. You're not doing it to be seen. But you're saying, I'm going to be doing right because it's the right thing to do. That's maturity in our walk with God. That's maturity in our walk with Jesus Christ. When we learn to start saying, I'm going to do what is right, because it's just the right thing to do. 
That's the way for us to live and embrace this life. Right is right. So I hope you enjoyed this two-part teaching on forgiveness. Let go of the offenses. Don't carry that around. As Christ forgave us, let us forgive others also. Walk in that compassion for others. Have a heart to forgive. Be gentle and kind toward others and be patient. The offenses are inevitable. They are coming. But I love what it said here in Colossians 3 and 13, that as a child of God, as the one who is holy, you've been set apart. There's purpose and you've got too much purpose in God to be carrying around all these offenses and hurt and bitterness. It said, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasant it comes with good temper. So the injustice and stuff, it's coming. It's going to happen. But with God, we can react with the right temperament. We'll be able to forgive others. We'll be able to love them and continue to move forward in our life. Don't let unforgiveness be harbored in your heart and hinder you from moving forward. And hinder you from progressing in areas of your life because you're holding in your heart the offense because you're saying, I'm not willing to forgive what was done to me. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard to forgive. I shared last week that I had an instance in my life where I had to forgive someone. I had to pray, Lord, help me. Give me the faith. Give me the power, the ability. Lord, I know it's your will for me to forgive this person, but Lord, I need your help. God will help you forgive. I can imagine in my mind, Jesus knew he had to die for the sins of the world. That don't mean it was easy. At one point, Jesus said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? In the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, Father, if there's any other way, he said, but not that. He said, nevertheless, in spite of, nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. So I don't think it was easy for Jesus to go through that, but he was able to forgive. It's not easy for us to forgive. But are we going to be more concerned about our agenda or get on God's agenda and what he wants us to do as his representatives in this earth? So I esteem these last words to you. Let go of the offenses. Forgive. Let unforgiveness come out of your heart. Let go of the bitterness. Let go of the hatred. Let go of the pain. And let's continue to move forward in life in love and peace, humility and patience. Now, Father, I thank you for this word on today. I thank you, Lord, for this two-part series on forgiveness, oh God. And Lord, I pray for each and every one, Lord, that we would have the heart to forgive. Lord, even as Jesus forgave us, let us exemplify the example that Jesus gave. Let us forgive each and every one, God, no matter what is said, no matter what is done to us. Give us the heart of compassion. Let us walk in kindness and humility and let us walk in patience. Father, let us not only forgive, but to pray for those, God. There may be those that have done us wrong, that have talked about us. We've been through certain things, God, but let us pray for them, oh God. Father, we pray that they won't be a stumbling block to anyone else. Whoo, God, I give you praise. So let us not only forgive, God, but let us pray for those that we have to forgive, that they won't walk through this earth and this life hurting each other. And let us be careful as believers that we don't hurt each other that are part of the household of faith. Let us be mindful in our relationships and our dealings with one another, oh God, that we will be kind and patient to one another in everything that we do. Father, I give you praise and I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, man, God bless you all. want to thank you for being a part of this uh, episode of Testimonial Tuesday by way of the New Beginning Podcast. Please don't forget, man, follow, subscribe to the YouTube, Spotify podcast, all of that on Apple for New Beginnings Podcast with uh, Jay Jackson. Join me here next week on Testimonial Tuesday. We'll be here still sharing the word with you um, as God continues to give me strength. Um, continue to comment. Let me know if you're enjoying the word, if you're enjoying the lesson. Let me know if there's anything that you want me to talk about in accordance with the word of God. We'll search the scriptures. We'll have a conversation about it. Amen. I want to thank you all for the support. I love you with the love of the Christ. Have yourselves a great day, and we'll see you next week on the New Beginnings Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.